Yo. So it's a non-car episode of the TJ Fretcast for once. I'm in the basement uh, converting uh, the Super Freck Brothers show from last night, putting it on MP3 so we can upload it somewhere. Uh, not quite sure where yet. Uh, we're still trying. I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't know if I want to use Anchor, but I don't want to mess up this show. Even though I don't know, like I said on the show, I, I didn't know if I wanted to keep doing, um, keep doing this show. I, I you know I, I thought about it and thought about it, and I was just earlier I was listening to an episode of the Burtcast, which I I enjoy the Burtcast quite a bit. And um he was saying the the advice Bill Burr gave him was uh keep you know, it, you're gonna be terrible for a year. But just keep on it and you'll you'll get better eventually. Like all around get better. So I am, you know, I gotta stick with it. That's something I have a problem with is that I, I get these grand ideas and then walk away from them, which, you know, I, I'm in in situations now where I can't really do that <laughs> with a few things like, um, you know, my son. <laughs> I can't just walk away from that. That's that's part of my life now. And it's a great part of my life. I'm very, very happy to be a dad. Um, but I've, I've realized over the last about two years or so that, you know, I, I've i been living my life kind of this, for lack of a better term, homeless man in in a situation where I wasn't homeless. Is what it came down. Like, that's what I was doing, basically. I was a non-homeless homeless man. And, you know, I've been trying to kind of get my life in some kind of order. Get myself, uh... What's the word I'm looking for? Kind of get myself righted. Like, on some kind of path. Which my new job helped with that, because I'm really, really happy to be at my job. You know, there's it's it's been a rough ride <laughs> to get where I'm at today. You know, and, and you know, I've, I've been doing stand up. I haven't been doing it regularly the last eight months or so. Just because of the boy and, you know, uh, basically inheriting a family. And, um, yeah, that's that's kind of how my life has changed there. I do want to get back to doing stand-up. I love doing stand-up, and I can't wait to do it more. And just as soon as things kind of level out and we figure things out that... Uh, all that stuff, you know, you know what I mean. Uh, ooh, downloaded. So now I have an MP3 of my 
me and Chris's uh, the Super Freck Brothers episode one. I saved it as uh, Spider Roosevelt versus Spider Lincoln. <laughs> Because I'm hilarious. Because that's what we talked about was, you know, presidential boxing match. And uh, he picked Lincoln. I picked Roosevelt. I forget. We, I think we we quit. <laughs> I think we never finished it. Oh, man. But tonight, uh, I didn't want to just, you know, go with the... Well, I got to keep trugging along here. Uh, I wanted to uh, kind of talk about... Music, for once. Usually I don't talk about music, and uh, my my music stuff has been kind of weird over the last few years, because um, I kind of... I've been doing the Watleys for 10 years, and that's the only music I've done for the last 10 years, basically. Like, I, you know, at one point I was like, oh, I'll do acoustic. I can't get into acoustic. For whatever reason, I can't do it. And I've tried. I might try and do it again. Because my attitude's changed since the last time I, I tried to learn songs. I always get, like, disenfranchised. I don't know if that's the right word. Disappointed. Because it, it doesn't quite give me the same excitement that performing with the whole band does. I mean, Hero and I talked about that too a long time ago. Like, he's he's talented enough. He can sing and play, and all that stuff. He could do it if he wanted, and he he doesn't like it. Like, he gets bored with it, which I I'm afraid that's what would happen to me. But I don't know how much that would happen because, I mean, doing stand up the last few years has been. That's something I really enjoy doing, but that's different because there is, unfortunately, sometimes audience participation where you want to get reactions from people. Whereas music, you just you're playing it for yourself. I mean, I'm doing comedy for myself too. Don't don't let me try and fool you there. I mean, the only reason I do comedy is because I enjoy it. <laughs> I like to challenge my brain. It's fun, you know. I enjoy it. Um. Anyway, back to music. So, like, the, the most music stuff I've done in the past 10 years has been the Wattleys. That's, that's what I've focused on. And, you know, I've been, I've been playing guitar since I was 12. I wasn't very good up until probably right around when the Wattleys started. I, I wasn't very good uh, during the Barroom Pirates days. I think the Wattleys... Um, Playing with Eddie, because Eddie originally played guitar, and we had two other people in the band. It was just, you know, four-piece, me, Eddie, and those other two guys. And he helped elevate me. Like, I'm still a rhythm guitar player, and that's really all I want to be, because I love smashing on my guitar. But uh, Hero and Eddie have, been, have made me a better guitar player. And Jim has too, because uh, Jim is musical genius guy. So, you know, if I have a problem, he he answers it pretty quickly. Um, but when I was in high school, I really, really, really enjoyed playing guitar. I really wanted, like, got really into guitar. I used to buy 
Guitar Magazine because it came with a free, quote unquote, free CD or DVD for with lessons on it. Of course, the magazine was fifteen dollars. You know, <laughs> it came with a DVD. It's fifteen dollars, but hey, you get this DVD with some weird lesson on it, and I never watched them. <laughs> and it, like the idea of shredding never appealed to me. Oh, watch Zach Wild. That's awesome. Zach Wild can do that, but that's I never felt like I could do that. And I didn't really want to try either. It's like, that's what they do. They they have fun doing that. I have fun jumping around and having fun. Like, that's what I have fun doing. I, I can't say that I... If I was doing solos all the time, some people... Maybe I would like it. I've just never really done it. it it's something I feel like I need to do at some point just learn solos and learn how to play solos i know the um <laughs> uh you know my uh, brain hey brain that i enjoy doing the rhythm stuff i just love playing the guitar with other people that's why i don't think that i would do well if um, I tried to do a solo act. You know, I don't. I don't think it would be for me. But you never know. Once again, I'm gonna have to try. <laughs> but uh, through high school, when I was learning how to actually hold a guitar, how to play a guitar in some kind of rhythm, how to enjoy playing guitar, that's what I learned how to do then, like, I, I really, really got into music. Because, of course, that's all, basically, I had in St. Mary's. There's no place to do stand-up. I, I feel like if I would have had access to stand-up in high school or post-high school, I don't know that I would have gone to college. And thinking about that's kind of scary, but at the same time, like, if I was doing comedy and it just plugging along at comedy, doing, like, living in my parents' house, but, like, driving out to here and doing comedy for a little bit, and then driving out to there and doing comedy, and I think if the comedy boom happened when I was closer to the end of high school, I probably would have done that instead of gone to college. I don't always regret college, but sometimes I regret college. <laughs> uh, anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, the music. See, this podcast was supposed to be me talking about the music that I liked to do or liked to listen to in high school. Really what music saved my life, you know, from then till now. And I say I say saved my life, like, not being overly dramatic and being like, I would have, you know, hung myself or something. It, it was like, kind of righted my thinking, where where it put me in my in the mindset where I'm not like sad all the time you know and I'm not mocking depression or anything it was just something that helped me um so why don't I do kind of a list style here uh I'm thinking of the list I'm kind of writing it at the same time 
Google. Uh huh. Um. So I'm going to. Where is that at? Take a note. Okay, right up front. Music. Okay, first I'm going to start with. Um. Aerosmith. Sarah Myth. <laughs> Aerosmith, uh, what was that CD called? Eat the Rich? Is that what that was called? I'm gonna look that up real quick. Ewiki. Can't type today. Wikipedia. Aerosmith. See, Aerosmith was technically my first favorite band, and it, since then it's changed. I'm not really that much of an Aerosmith fan anymore uh, just because I think I grew out of that phase I'm not saying they're bad I'm just it's not really what I spend my time listening to anymore um, the yeah the CD that I listened to was get a grip what was it? Uh, da, da, da. I'm trying to find it. Where is it? Where like they don't have a list of of the band like a list of what they did. Permanent Vacation I remember being a fan of. Uh, was it Get a Grip? And yeah, it was Get a Grip. My bad. It wasn't Eat the Rich. Eat the, Eat the Rich was just the song I remember off of it. Um, but yeah, that was, that was like the first CD I owned and listened to, and I listened to that a lot, which, looking back, I don't understand how. <laughs> no, and, and not that it was a bad album or anything, it was, uh, like, just not what I grew like grew into listening to but it was really my first um foray into really enjoying music and I think I listened to that CD up until it scratched I think I still have it around here somewhere I'm not gonna go digging for it now but that was like the first CD that I really really listened to uh front to back a whole bunch of times and that got followed by Rancid Blood Clot. Now, I received... I became a big fan of the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. And I'm not adding them in for really a certain reason. Like, I love the Boss Tones. They're one of my favorite... I'm actually going to add one of their albums later. Because that, that album kind of changed my perception on bands and realizing that you know, so if a band's popular, that doesn't necessarily mean what they're doing now is the exact same thing they are going to keep doing. So, write that down. And Blood Clot was the first album that kind of was a step away from anything else that I had listened to. And it was really Rancid's first step away from what they were used to doing. And, you know, it starts off with this weird instrumental intro. Uh, 
or no, it's not Blood Cloud. Blood Cloud's a song. I keep screwing this up tonight. I don't know what the heck's wrong with me. Uh, Blood Clot was a song on there. It was uh, Life Won't Wait was the album. And Life Won't Wait is such a... Um, it's such a crazy CD. It's such a crazy album. That um, the songs are so different on it. Like there's some reggae. There's some straight up punk. There's some... Uh, Ska, there, there's like a, I think there's a acoustic song on it, I want to say. I'm looking at the, um, looking at the track listing, and I know this was like the album that they went to Jamaica or some, some island place where they, um, did a lot of the writing and recording, and... Yeah, I'm looking at the um, list right now, and you know, Blood Clots, an old, like a, just a punk rock song. Life Won't Wait was a, a reggae song. New Dress was, uh, I, I want to say a rock and roll song, really. It wasn't like a normal punk song. It was, let's see, Hooligans, you know, uh, who would have thought? And that song's a great. Uh, it just like a, an album of really great songs that were a, an extreme step for me from being in like this hard rock uh, guy to okay now I'm listening to this punk band and they're doing all sorts of weird stuff. They really really that album was kind of really their introduction and personification of, of punk for me because. You know, I had an idea of punk rock that was not at all like that. Like, they were a band doing their own thing, which is really the most punk rock thing you can do. Not um, not necessarily like Screeching Weasel kind of stuff, even though that is punk rock and that's what they want to do, and they love it, They, I think. I don't know. I don't know Ben Weasel well enough to say that, but... Um, it was really like my first punk rock album in the truest sense because they, they did what they wanted. And it was a great album. It's still a great album. Like That may be my listening on the way to work tomorrow because, you know, I, I was thinking today I need to listen to music more because I love music. Anyway, back to albums that kind of changed me. Uh, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Uh, Devil's Night Out. That's their first big... Not big album. It's their first album. Their first like full-length album. And it was, once again, one of those things that like I expected uh, impression that you get and got, like, oh, here's hard rock. Here's punk. Here's, here's a different take on music in the same vein. Like, it was something I was looking for. Devil's Night Out was something I was looking for at the time that I needed. And I think breaking out of that kind of helped me better understand, like, myself. Because everybody else was, oh, these pop, you know, bubblegum music, and, oh, we'll listen to 
Spice Girls. We're going to listen to that Girl with the Bitch song. Uh, Hanson, Savage Garden. And, like, I never felt like it was music for me. And Boston's came along, and I was like, ah, this is, this is different. And then I listened. Somehow, like, this was in the infant days of the Internet. And somebody posted real player files on some web page. I was like, here, you can stream these songs by the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. You've never heard them before, like this. Like, oh, all right. And I would li- I listened to The Devil's Night Out, and I was like, I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is this is the transitional piece I need to kind of get me in to what I feel is me in high school. And and that was like planted the seeds of scary punk rock guy. Oh, let's see. What else was there? Um The Clash. The Clash the Clash. The American version of The Clash the Clash. Uh my dad bought it for me because I was uh, he noticed I was getting into punk rock and he actually liked the Clash. And I listened to the lyrics and that was like the first album where I listened to the lyrics and I was like this stuff makes sense to me. Like White Man and Hammerstein Palace like if Adolf Hitler was here today they'd send the limousine anyway because it, it's such a you know it, it really disenfranchised me to the government because my family is kind of right wing where they you know they, they have their opinions on the government and really like the clash was something that made me look sit back and real, look at it and be like yeah I don't really I, I understand what the clash is saying I'm like I can see it their way not to say that, that they made music to make me feel like I should uh, feel a certain way about it, but it it helped me kind of figure out for myself, like well, why why don't I like these kind of people? Whoa, chairs falling apart. It made me kind of have a different worldview, and that kind of made me think outside of um, Toby, Pennsylvania. It made me think like I need to go out and see more of my more of the world uh the clash led me to stiff little fingers and the album i'm gonna do is all the best even though it was a best of um it was really the first stiff little fingers album that i owned and yeah it is all of their radio hits it's the best way to put it but you know, suspect devices on there, alternative ulsters on there. It, it's all the songs that got them to where they were, and that just—I mean—it led me to my favorite album, which is um, "Nobody's Heroes" by Stiff Little Fingers. I think that's one of my favorite albums, if not my favorite album, hands down, my favorite album. And I don't think, I think half the songs on, uh, on Nobody's Heroes are actually on All the Best. Because <laughs> that was such a good album. You know, it that one, 
I'd say that one changed my music life because that was the one that I kind of looked at it and was like, this band from Ireland I've never heard of. They're not Dropkick. Dropkick's not from Ireland in the first place, but they, you know, I'm listening to them and thinking like, this music exists elsewhere and other people feel the same way. And I don't need to think about, you know, the same thing everything everyone else thinks. It kind of gave me, I don't say a home, but it gave me like realization that the outside, like there are people like me, like things are, you know, things aren't just factory made. People aren't just factory made. There's other people out there that are different than me for different reasons. Oh. So that, I mean, that's really, like, my music, like, the reason my music, I am the way I am. I'm looking at the time. If you hear a bunch of stuff rustling around, that's what it is. Uh, put it down. That's really what made, that put me on the path. Um, I'm going to add one more Bad Religion. Bad Religion. Stranger Than Fiction, their first, not my favorite Bad Religion album, but it was the first one that got me onto that, in that rabbit hole, as I'd heard You on the Tony Hawk soundtrack, which wasn't on Stranger Than Fiction, but I was somewhere with my dad in high school, and we were going through FYE, and I saw Stranger Than Fiction, I said, hey, Dad, you know, I, I like the song that's on there. Can we get that album? And he said, yeah, I guess. So he bought me the album. We listened to it on the way home from... I was I was going to do, like, a a day internship at a, a TV station. And we listened to it on the way home. And I was like, this is this is different for me. I love it. And that started, started me in Bad Religion. Uh, and... And then after high school, I mean, Bouncing Souls, Hopeless Romantic helped me through a lot of, like, personal stuff. Uh, you know, I love the Bouncing Souls. One of my favorite bands to see live. One of my favorite bands, period. Um, you know, Lagwagon I popped up randomly all through my years. No Effects. Uh, Ribbed is probably my favorite album of theirs which is off the wall i guess because it's such an old album but it's so so punk rock and so fun and it's just my favorite no effects album but that that album you know those albums didn't really change my life what album the last the last album that really changed my life and it's something i'm actually very proud of was uh the watley's american party because everything that went into making that album, like it was the first time the four of us were totally on the same page. Like, all kinetic, no potential. We had a different drummer. It was a different vibe for me. Um, we don't play the songs quite like that. So it, it's... It's an album that stirs controversy with between the four of us. <laughs> 
<laughs> two of us really like it. Two of us are just kind of like, you know, not really, not really happy with it. I think if Jim had been there, it'd be a different album. Uh, Happy Inside was, I was very proud of that when we got that finished. Because that really was the four of us on the same page. uh, With four very solid songs. And then American Party came out. And American Party took, you know, it took us a long time to record the whole thing because we're kind of like, it was the start of the state we're in now where when we first started recording it, I was fresh out of probably the most uh, intense, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? The most romantic relationship I had been in up till this point. Like she, like the girl I was dating and just had broken up with was the girl I had intended to marry. Like, and she was the first. So she, the first one I intended to marry, like I was going to ask her and then things happened. We broke up and I was fresh out of that. So that rage was there. Um, we recorded it um, at Golden Studios. Rick recorded us. You know, we we took a few weekends and a couple months, a few months to get it going. He started going through some stuff. Uh, and when he was record, like when he was going through and mixing it, that's he he told. I think he said to me that that was kind of his therapy whenever he was going through his stuff because. Like, because the songs were so good, I guess. Because, I don't know, that I'd have to ask him. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll ask him how, if he wants to talk about it. I don't want to push him to talk about it if he doesn't want to. But, um, you know, you, you feel like it took a couple years for American Party to come out. And we actually, all of us, would sit down and listen to it. And <clears throat> Excuse me. Listen to it. We would give our honest opinions about it. I think that was, that was something that took me years to do, start saying my honest opinion on things. And I think that helped bring the album out. Because the four of us could be honest with each other at that point. Like, well, you know, and I, I said this kind of whenever we were listening to the recordings and when Rick gave it to us and I said to those guys, like, look, we got to be all in the four, all four of us on the same page with this. Because, you know, even though Hero and Eddie wrote most of the songs, we all four needed to be on the same page because this is all for a, a work for us. And so, you know, the months, it, it actually didn't take that long because a lot of the songs had been written for years and we'd refined them over the years. I mean, half the songs we recorded, we didn't actually play anymore by the time the album came out. And that's not like a, a dig on Rick or anything. That was just the way 
it was because, you know, Eddie and Hero wrote a bunch more songs. And, well, that's not true, actually. I take that back. It wasn't that they wrote a bunch more songs. It was that we added a couple new songs here and there. Uh, we brought back some old songs. We started replaying some of the songs from All Kinetic No Potential and playing them the way we actually played them. But that was, you know, the thought process going. It was the first thing in my existence that I would say that I was without a doubt proud of. And, uh, you know, I'm on there. You can hear it. You know, I don't think the album may never propel us to stardom. But I think it's a legit album all around. And it was really like the first thing that, that I looked at and was like, this is something I'm really proud of. You know, second being my son. <laughs> not second, uh, if anybody's listening to this, I'm not saying my son is second to the, the Watley's American Party. I'm saying chronologically, that was the first thing I was proud of. The second thing, most thing I was most proud of was my son. Uh, if you wanted to know how proud I am, I'm more proud of my son than I am <laughs> the Watley's American Party. But it's a close race. I mean, it's, it's a country mile between the two, but you know what I mean. It's that close. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, uh, I'm going to wrap this up because I'm probably at a half hour now. Uh, I'm using a different way to record than usual. If you're listening to this, the sound quality is probably a lot better than it usually is. Uh, that's because Eddie gave me a Zoom H2 handy recorder. So I'm using that instead of riding in my car and using a headset. So this, I'm sure it sounds a lot better. I'm very excited to use this a lot more often. Um, so that's that's where I'm going to end it for tonight. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, please rate, review, respond. Share with a friend. Uh, go to anchor.fm slash fadehawk and you know, throw a couple bucks my way. Uh, if you want, you don't have to, you know, don't feel, don't feel pressured. Don't feel pressured. It's okay. Uh, if you want to be a guest sometime on here, let me know. Uh, I don't know when I'll do that though. Cause I do want to get better at this solo. Um, but yeah. So once again, thanks for listening and have a good night. <laughs>